from the epicenter of the hit music universe. But I was bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. RenegadeRock.fm, Los Angeles. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to RenegadeTalk.fm, right here in Los Angeles. One of my all-time favorite days of the week, Thursday, with the queen of cannabis patty cakes. And, of course, the president of Normal, the ever-lovely... Candace. Her name is sweet. And her big boobs. And of course, we have a guest in the uh, studio. Her name is Sue from uh, HerbAndElement.com. And we're going to be talking to Sue about her little store and what she does over there. Hi, Sue. Hi. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. Thank you for asking. uh, Okay. A little bit of Dylan, man. It's Thursday, almost the weekend's here, right here at Renegade. Stone you when you're trying to go home. They'll stone you when you're there all alone. But I would not feel so all alone. Everybody must get stoned. Oh yeah, everybody must get stoned. They must be stoned in Egypt. Looks like uh, the looks like the Pharaoh's gonna get kicked out. Pat. Wrong kind of stoning they're doing. Yeah, they yeah, stoning women and stoning everybody else. But the Pharaoh, it looks like the Pharaoh's gonna be removed from uh, political power. I saw that this morning. Did you see that? Yeah. Yes. He's still holding off, you know, maybe they'll change their minds, but I don't think they're gonna change their minds at all. Right, Sue? Have you been following the uh, Pharaoh? You know, I haven't. I know that there's a lot of madness going on over there. Uh, okay. I try to keep the madness at bay. And madness at bay. That's okay. right. Yeah, okay, okay. Orange okay. County madness. The Orange County madness right here at Renegade. So, um, Patty, you have something that came up in the news lately about somebody dying? Oh, my God. Uh, you have to... You have to let the listeners hear this. Okay, well, lead us into it. So, what happened? Well, a Michigan cop was busted in a marijuana brownie overdose call to 911. This is an actual call. I thought it was a joke. And after you listen to this um, 911 call, you're going to have a lot of questions. So let's, let's get a taste of what went on in Michigan. A councilman from Dearborn, Michigan, oh, is, is outraged right over a 911 yeah. oh, call. He wants right. to know why no charges have been filed against a police officer who admits to confiscating marijuana from suspects and then baking it in brownies. And once he and his wife were full and high, they thought they'd overdosed and called 911. <laughs> I think I'm having an overdose of so my wife. Overdose of what? Marijuana. I don't know if it had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Did you guys have fever or anything? No, I'm just... I think we're dying. Oh, how much did you guys have? I, I don't know. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. Time is going by really, 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 really. I think Hello. we're dead. I love still, that so much. I think we're, we're dead. I think we're dead. What the fuck is that? I think I'm dead. Slow. <laughs> Super genius. Well, instead of being charged. How can you say you think you're dead? Well, uh, he said time was going real slowly. He thinks they're dead. <laughs> he should have gotten bed and had some he, sex. Uh, but... 
Listen to it. Here is I don't want to listen to a it anymore. Dearborn, Michigan cop well, they're all stupid who up there. admitted to stealing uh, evidence of marijuana. Okay, so the cop stole the evidence from Correct. somebody that he busted, and he Correct. thought he was going to have some fun with his girlfriend or his old lady. His wife. <clears throat> okay, smoked the shit. She and, baked or, brownies. Or ba- baked brownies, and they got stoned. They and ate the was, whole pan. They, oh, that's why. They, well, they, they were dumb fucks. But Marla's a, a dumb fuck. She did the same thing. But this is a <laughs> police officer. Oh, he's supposed to know better. He it happens all the time. All the time. The cops are always doing it. When the cops picked me up about a year ago on Main Street, and I said to the cop, I said, come on, take me home. And you have any marijuana that you busted somebody? He said, yeah, I do, but I'm not giving it to you. I said, well, why? Why not give it to me? Why, why are you going to waste it? Sue has something to because add to that. Gonna, he was going to keep it. Yeah, he was going to keep it for himself. I said, you give me a ride to my door. And you're very nice, but you won't give me the marijuana. And I said, I'm, I'm going to make a complaint to you about that, to, your, to your commander in charge. Anyway, so do you have a story about that? A very that, good friend of mine is married to a police and officer. And you, you have a good friend? I, I, yeah, I have a couple, but this one in particular. That's amazing. That's yeah, she belongs to the Friends Club also. Oh, oh, the Friends Club. That's why she has friends. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. exactly. Sarah. It's kind of along the lines of, well, they said. Who the fuck are they? No one knows. Wait, 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 anyway, wait, what kind of friend is this? Um, it's just a friend. Just okay. a normal friend, a normal. long-time friend, oh, okay. and they're married to a police officer. And you already said that she admittedly says that she gets the best cannabis from the cop from her husband. There you go. He confiscates it and brings it home to her. And she said that he's gotten really good. Actually, he doesn't bring her swag anymore. Now he can <laughs> tell between quality and not so quality, so he doesn't bother to bring the not so quality stuff so you home. can can you introduce me to this person i want <laughs> yeah i want him to be on my team yeah well, they'll be on the renegade team exactly yeah a cop that gives out marijuana that he busts people that's good well, well most of them do that anyway. well i mean then what's why do they make such a big deal and why are they busting people because you have the vanilla cops and you have the kind of like you know hey yeah, it's okay i'll just take the shit but and, nothing happened to this guy he nothing. was fired you know that was it uh. You know, why wasn't he, uh, why weren't there any legal consequences? Why wasn't he arrested for possession of marijuana? He wasn't a medical cannabis patient. Mm-hmm. So why is it? I mean, what happened? We need to call the Dearborn Police Department up and find out why. I think he actually um, resigned, so he's no longer a police officer, but you're right. I mean, he's no different than anybody else. I mean, Lindsay Lohan still goes I down. was just thinking about Lindsay and look, Lohan. Look what, look what that little... Twerp. Twerp, slut, idiot, is into now. I mean, these are federal, uh, what, she tried, no, she, no, she tried to steal a mink stole. She tried to steal the, uh, necklace? Ne- the necklace, allegedly, as Mark says. And the other thing was some ring. And apparently now they're saying that she forgets things and she forgets that it was on her earring and she put her hair to the side and covered the earring up. When she's sober, she that's when she's in her worst state. Yeah. She needs the most help. Anyway, so Lindsay Lohan, you go, girl. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. We, we will definitely be uh, praying for you. Well, we you. talked about that the other day on, I know. on, I listen, on Renegade. Did you listen to that? I listened to the show. And, and you know the bottom line is, how many breaks is this piece of shit need I mean how far do you got to go anybody else would have been thrown in prison the key thrown away that's the end of it but she just keeps on going it gets kicked out of Betty Ford gets in a fight with some girl over there doing the drug thing accidents I mean you know why don't you get on with your movie career and move on well why is it that we have to listen to this look at Charlie Sheen though Charlie Sheen look at the dress she had the nerve to wear to court did you see that that white dress it's it's white skin tight white see through she had a black bra on yeah but what does that mean Patty it means she's pure 
Image is everything. No. It means that whoever her stylist or lawyer no, did not tell her what to do because go in front of a judge knowing your case, sex, looking like that. Sex sells. Well, we'll, we'll see how it worked. Do we know? It, 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 are there any updates on her case? No. It was this morning, so. You know, they, you know she, she got out on bail and the judge basically said, hey, if you do one thing out of line, you want to th- I'm going to revoke the bail and throw you back in jail where you belong. Okay, so this cop got away with murder. Or got away with. No, he got uh, away with murder. Everybody exactly. else would have been busted. What about, uh, Candace? tell us a little bit about what's going on, the dispensary, the, the shutdown that they're saying was yeah, illegal. Th- this is about what our police department... Yeah, talk about oh. wasted resources and people using their power to you know, go after their own political agenda. There's a collective owner, Joe Grumbine, who had a, a place in Orange County, Unit D, and then also one in, in Long Beach. And he actually got um, was chosen by Steve Cooley to be one of the, the collectives that they went after um, in one of the first rounds of you know, targeting the collectives and um, Steve Cooley's actually taking a personal interest in his case and he's been going through preliminary hearings. But wait a minute. Why does he still have a hard on for Joe Grumbine? He's no longer involved in the system or is that not correct? No. um, Yeah. He's no longer an operator of that collective. And no, I mean, Steve Cooley. Um, no, I think he's still um, in an office currently for a little bit longer until he actually retires. He's still with the DA's office. Yeah. He just didn't get elected to attorney general. Okay. Yeah. Thank and God. I can see he'll oh probably retire God. soon, I'm but depressed not again. You can imagine all the drama inside but, um, that office. Anyways, yeah, they're they're spending lots of money on Joe. They're, they're got the whole dog and pony show going. They had some of the, the detectives on the on the stand today. Did you see him that on the internet? Um, the Chris um, Joe's attorney was cross-examining him and asking him, you know, about all the different programs that their collective offered. And, you know, he was actually admitting, yeah, this collective had all these different kind of patient services. Yeah, they built wheelchair ramps for people. They painted houses. You know, they gave money away for food and stuff. So, you know, it was fa- actually proving that he was doing He's everything right. He's a good right, guy. But they're still going to, you know, this is prelim. And usually things don't get, you know, um, dismissed at prelim. He's probably going to have to go through his trial next, you know. But this is the first chance to get the case dismissed you know if they can give enough evidence in the preliminary hearing you know to have the case dismissed so. what a waste of money what a waste of time what a waste of energy that's what makes me the craziest sue is going to tell us a little bit about rich hmm? you can't wait for break yeah no, i can't wait sue sue is also a dispensary owner and collective in, operator, collective, collective operator. operator and owner. <laughs> and she ran for city council. Yeah. You ran for city council where in Costa Mesa? In Costa Mesa. Really? And you lost. I didn't get elected, but I didn't finish last. Yeah, she did I got a respectable job. amount of votes. Yeah, yeah, I remember when you were out there with a rally signs for Prop 19. I saw a big truck go by with a billboard for you on it. Yeah, I, I had a lot of support from a yeah. lot of different people, which oh, was that's great. And cool. that's where I met Sue, and I loved it. I loved what she was doing. I loved what she stood for. I had done my research, and she is, if you could see her, she is not a typical-looking person who would be a collective owner or even in a dispensary or collective. Well, you, you know, look like you would own a collective. Uh, yeah, well. You know, it's funny that you say that because a lot of people that I met said, wow, you don't look like how we pictured you. Exactly. And I said, well, how did you picture me exactly? <laughs> Wearing a tie-dye shirt, dirty feet. And, but that's what you matted, matted hair, can't string three words together to make a sentence. And they said, yeah, pretty much. 
And that's what's out there because my experience when I first started my business was uh, going to uh, collectives and dispensaries with my fabulous bag and my beautiful brochures and my delicious edibles. That's because you're a professional. Exactly. Only to run into a bunch of people that scared me to death because I thought they don't know what's going on. They had no social skills. I mean, in exactly what you described. Well, you know what, Patty, we talked about this before. They've already painted this type of industry as criminal. So they expect you to look like that. That's how they painted it. It's the image. It's just the old, the old hippie look. No, the old hippie look. The old hippie look is still in. They still think the same way, right? So you just said it. In other words, she's running for a city council and they're thinking that she's a potato picker hippie from Idaho. And then she comes in with a suit. Yeah, and a suit and professional, professional can say three words in a row without stuttering. And she's educated and they are shocked and awed by this. Why are we so racist against the hippies? But they're racist. No, no, it's not, about the, the you know, it's not about the hippies. But that's what they that's connect what they, they, uh, marijuana they, to. Until they get sick, then they don't connect anymore to the hippies. Exactly. They connect to their own body and say, oh shit, I got a problem. And that's where Sue comes in. Right and that's here. been the stigma that's been I just attached. I don't appreciate any kind of There's judging, a stigma but. attached to this drug has been going on since the 50s and it's continuing to go on. Anybody who runs for city council, anybody who endorses it, you're a criminal, convict, slob, loser, everything they can throw in the, at the book. And you know who started it? Who was it? Randolph Hearst. I hate him. And that other idiot moron, DuPont. DuPont. Both of them. J.P. Morgan J.P. Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase. Andrew Mellon. Andrew Mellon. Hearst. But, that, mean, but back in the old days, back in the 1700s, the Declaration of Independence was made out of... Hemp, hemp paper. paper. And they were already smoking it themselves, so... Yeah. Somebody came by and said, hey, the liquor's more important. Money. 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 So it's all we, about We've had money. these debates before. So how many people show up over there, and what, and what, uh, what happens, though? Show up where? Show up at your store. Um, you know, we're a low traffic, kind of mellow location. And why is it low traffic? Because we don't advertise. Most of the people that come to our location are through referrals of our existing members. That's the best and way. And we deal with an older demographic of person. We're, mm-hmm. we're dealing with people that really need help and that... What are the ages that are coming in? Um, our oldest member is 92. And we're a 21 and over facility, but mm-hmm. the average age probably across the board is late 40s, early 50s. And they're having health problems. Yes. And they need they need the uh, the um, cannabis. Yeah, and you know we have we have people that you know have implanted morphine things oh, in them that they're trying to get off of. Wow, I didn't even know about that. And, Implanted yeah. morphine? Yeah. You, you wow. may want to get Marla one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's on my list, yeah, man. Let me write that down. Yeah, it's a machine and it gives yeah, a, a regulated dose of medicine. Yeah, wow. and they implant it inside of you. And, you know, they, they've, with the use of cannabis, they've been able to get off of a lot of the prescription drugs they've been yeah. taking, which is my big thing. It's like they give you one pill for whatever it is that's supposed to be ailing you, but then they have to give you six or seven more the, to counteract the side effects from the one and you end up with way more problems than you ever started with yeah. if you would have mm-hmm. just tried to suck it up and not take any. Plus, so. the doctors are paid by the uh, big drug, drug companies. companies. Who? The Who? drug companies. Who? Oh. The big bad guys. The pharmaceutical companies. The real Farm, drug dealers. The real drug dealers. They are the real they drug dealers. They are the real drug dealers. Pushing out all Oxycontin, Oxycontin, right. It's all about money. It's all about money. And those morphine pumps, they're really bad. So these I people mean, come in and they're fed up and they're still in pain and they're having all these issues and problems from the drugs and then they finally decide that marijuana is going to be the cure-all for all this pain, at least some type of you know, pain-free... Um, n- not necessarily a cure-all. You know, many people come in kind of skeptical 
but they've tried everything else and they've gone to the point where it's a viable option for them and they're willing to pursue it and they need information. They need help. They need guidance. So they do. They ask a lot of questions about this. Tons. Tons. Tons of questions. Because they're afraid. They're still afraid of it. They still think something's going to, they're going to hallucinate and jump off a building or something. Well, no, they think they're going to go to jail. It's it's illegal. It's bad. It's. They're, they're. They're Intimid- of the old mindset. Yeah. That's right. They're-, they're intimidated about the reaction, their potential reaction to what it is that they're doing. But they're also very concerned about the stigma that's attached. Yeah, it's always and the are, stigma. Are people going to yeah. think I'm a scumbag? Are they going to think I'm a criminal? Am I going to get in trouble it? if yeah, I see, get pulled the, here, over? But so here's the point. If they don't, if they don't open their mouth, nobody's going to know what they're doing. Because most people dry, brag about the drugs they take. Oh, I'm on this and I'm on that and I'm well, on that's this the younger that. generation. No, no, they all do it. They all do it. And if you're on, if you're doing cannabis uh, and you're sick, I wouldn't tell anybody anything. It's my private life and I'll do what I want. So there is no stigma if you keep your mouth shut. Right. Right. But but you know I think right, it's, I think it's getting a lot yeah. better. You know people. Um, because this is such a big topic out mm. in the open all the it, time. It is. I think that people are losing a lot of the guilt that they have with the, within themselves. Like they feel guilty that they're doing this to feel better and that they have to hide it from people. Mm. And I think that's because there's more and more education out there and everything that was hidden is coming back. Like a lot of the articles, I mean, they've been around for years. I think that people are just starting to become educated, you know, through pro, uh, groups like Normal and, uh, you know, Amer- Americans for Safe Access. And all the stuff on TV. I mean, there's just TV, becoming more normalized. Right, exactly. Like, exactly. Don't you think that's well, true? Yeah, and I think that people people can relate to something a little bit better when it hits closer to home. For sure. instance, in Costa Mesa, when I ran for city council, I had a lot of people that said a lot of really horrible things about me before they even met me or heard me say two words there you because go. they had preconceived notions of what I was all about and why I was doing what again, I was the doing. Im- there's the imaging again. And right. then once they found out who I was, they saw what I looked like, they heard me speak, they realized that I used to be the director of HR, that I was a pastry chef, that I worked for Nordstrom for 12 years in operations. Like I've always had a really good job. And I've never been arrested. I probably have a better credit score than the majority of the people that were in the room judging me. And <laughs> once, once they realized, oh, wow, I guess all the, quote, those marijuana people aren't, are not all the aren't same. what we thought they were. They've been a lot nicer. I had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know what? When this first whole election thing started, I never in a million years ever would entertain the idea of voting for someone, quote, like you. Yeah, because the military now, is the collective voter running. And it. now mm-hmm. that I realize the type of person that you are, I'm actually going to vote for you. And yeah. I was floored because it came from a very, you know, I, I got a lot of this from a lot of, of conservative people in the community. And now a lot of those people within the community are opening up their arms and their minds. And, and you've been very interest, <clears throat> I- instrumental into giving them information. I loved it that they uh, billed you as the cannabis candidate. I but love you it. have a lot of good um, stances on issues besides that, too. And that's what they're probably surprised about, right? Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that cannabis is the thing that got me to my first city council meeting. Like, that's the whole reason I went, because I wanted to know what the city's take was on cannabis. This was before you started your dispensary or? Um, no, this was I started. I we opened um, our collective and I immediately started going to city council meetings because okay. I wanted to know what was going on in the city that I opened this organization in that I had planned on moving to. 
Then when I heard all the crazy things that go on there, that the majority of the city it, residents and business owners have no clue as to what's going on. I can't. They never going. have a clue to what's going on. And then I realized that in addition to the fact I'm providing a service that a lot of people need with the collective, but I have a, a variety of skills that would be helpful to a community from a, a, a city council standpoint. And that's why I decided to run because I had issues with a lot of things going on in the city and cannabis was just kind of the, the icing on the cake for okay, me. Okay. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Sue from uh, herb and element.com. Of course you get the queen of patty, the queen of cannabis, patty cakes. From I love mess. you so much. I know. I love I you love too. You. And of course we got Candace, the president of normal and you'll listen to renegade talk out of him in Los Angeles and we'll be right back. After this, living easy, living free. Season Are your freedoms being destroyed? Like free speech? Shut up! Then fucking stay here and be blunt about it. Shut up! Will you shut up? Be right back. Welcome back to Renegade Talk.fm in Los Angeles, where we're just, uh, where we don't sugarcoat what, uh, Patty? Shit. Shit. Thank you very much. And welcome, Renegade Nation. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We have Candace from uh, Normal, the queen of cannabis. Patty Cakes is here. And of course, our special guest, Sue. And here's a little bit of ACDC, baby. Egyptians and the Pharaoh are headed to hell. The highway to hell. What do you think? Oh, let them burn. Let them burn. Who cares? The Muslims and the Pharaoh. I don't care. (laughs) They have a lot of money. Oh, by the way, we got kicked off YouTube. I didn't tell you. What do you mean? We got kicked off. We did the uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh making fun of the Chinese, so we started making fun of it ourselves over here. Uh, when and, was this? When the Chinese premiere was here. Oh, my goodness. And, and so we put it up on YouTube, and they wanted to put some ads on, and then they kicked us off. So fucking YouTube now is controlling what we say and what we don't say because we're offensive. Can you but believe that? I thought that? that's why people did YouTube. Yeah, that's why they do it. You see a lot of tits and ass running around, so we just make fun of the Chinese and curse a little bit, and they kicked us off. So I'm writing a protest letter to fucking Google on YouTube. Fuck you. Yeah, definitely. We'll I've sign. Had it with you people. We'll go there with hey, signs. you're not going to control my speech, YouTube, so stick it up your ass. Yeah, what do you think, sir? I'm pissed. I was going to bring it up tomorrow on Paneo Day. Well, you can bring it up every day because you have a right to be pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed. But you know what? I wanted all that advertising revenue for my content. They won't give it to me. Well, we'll get them another way. You know, there's always ways to get them. But let's... I I definitely want to talk... Uh, you got a stuttering problem. More to Sue, because you make me so fucking nervous. Why? I don't know. You're you've, been, you've been doing this. You've already been in my pants. I'm sitting it, here with black oh, uh, women in black, right. and they're all black. They look sexy. I mean, Candace is really... If I could jump you right now, I would. Weed Mafia. She has these big Weed boobs mafia. sticking out. She has her beautiful dress the girls on. Girls black. Her black boots. Sue has her all black, a black, like, panty. What do you call that? A pantsuit outfit on or something? It's a suit. It's a suit with blacks. Oh, I love your uh, your feet. Mm, yeah. And and then we have Patty over here. She's black. Uh, black with a blue blouse you know what mm. i can't believe i did that because i'm always a black person 
Always. Once Always go, in black. Once you go black, you never go That's back. That's what they so. say. <laughs> and today, I thought the sun was shining. Maybe I'd wear a little turquoise cami. That's a cami? And I blew it. Oh. Because my girls are all in okay, black. Okay, girls. Since anyway. I, wait, 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 wait. Since I have all the girls here before we get started, would you, uh, Sue, would you like a, pa- a pair of pantyos from Pantyo Girl? They'll give you orgasms when you do your kegels. Oh, sure. Oh, okay, one order. Uh, 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 Candice, would you like one? Oh, boy. <laughs> she has she, a boyfriend. She, she doesn't really care. Oh, sorry, she doesn't need it. She has a boyfriend. He has fingers, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, we, we, you don't, you you don't know what? One. You want one, Patty? I know you do. A dozen, please. I'm taking orders right over the air. <laughs> I said a dozen. Oh, oh, you want a dozen? Okay. I'll mark that. So we need one for you. How many do you need? Just one? Just one. Because I one, have huh? a boyfriend, too. Oh, you have a boyfriend, too? Okay. <laughs> well, you and know we where need, that leaves we, me. Uh, <laughs> well, you can go out to Main Street and go have some fun. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So we got our order in for Pantyo. Okay, good. Thank you. Let's uh, hear what Sue. How did you get started? What made you decide That's a good to, question. to get into uh, medical marijuana? Well, I had been using it um, for my joint problems and arthritis and things like that, and it had been helping me. Um, my grandmother was 98 years old and had an extreme case of rheumatoid arthritis. Nothing helped her. She was in pain all the time. And so I talked to one of my friends and I talked to her doctor and we opted to give my grandmother marijuana brownie. So I went to a place, I got her one, I brought it to her. She's a little short Italian lady. She was a Now, when was this? A year? What year was this? This was 2008. And there were dispensaries nearby. You didn't have to drive there, to L.A. Actually, I did drive to L.A. Okay. And I got a brownie and I came back and gave it to my grandma and she bit into it and spit it out and said, this tastes like shit. Are you trying to kill me? And <laughs> we had a good laugh and I tasted it and she was right. It tasted horrible. Um, I used to be a pastry chef and I thought, you know what? I should be able to make this stuff taste better. It can't be that hard. So I kind of started messing around with it, and I started making things, and made made some brownies and some other things, gave it to my grandmother, and she called me the next morning after she had eaten the brownie, and she was crying. She was sobbing. And I that said, scared you. And I said, Nani, <laughs> what's the matter? And she said, you know, this is the first time in 30 years that I have slept through the night without pain. That, that made and you want to cry. And she was bawling, and she said, why didn't anybody tell me about this sooner? And that... That in and itself stuck with me. And I thought, you know what? That's a really good question. Well, over the next eight months, um, my grandmother sadly passed away. Seven days later, my uncle passed away. Um, I lost four family members in a six-month period. And three wow. of them... That's devastating. And three of them were to terminal cancer. As and the prim- out of them, your, only your grandmother was uh, using uh, cannabis edibles for her cancer? Uh, no, my grandmother was, and my aunt was. Okay. And it was my job, as I was the, the designated primary caregiver, so I could go and get their stuff for them. Okay. And yeah, family caregiver. They needed very specific things, and I couldn't find them around here in Orange County. So I would have to drive into L.A. to find what they needed. When you, when you say specific, are you meaning like sugar-free or gluten-free or anything like that, or just something that uh, tasted... Just po- something specific that they had had that worked. Okay. And I knew of a place in L.A. where I could get it, okay. and so that's where I went. And I went to so many different places in search of additional options or closer geographical options and was subjected to um, some really scary circumstances where I had to park five blocks away and walk past hookers and pimps and crackheads to then get frisked on the sidewalk to go into a place 
And And this was in L.A. And this was in L.A. And I started reading up on the Compassionate Use Act and all the laws and all the guidelines and things like that. And once I had educated myself, I realized that some of the places I went into were not operating within the boundaries of state law. So I had to ask myself, is this something that somebody who is terminally ill should have to subject themselves to? I'm pretty fearless. Not too much bothers me. And I would get really rattled going into some of these places for the first time by myself. And so I decided that I wanted to open a place that was friendly, that was safe, that um, was willing to take the time to talk to somebody and ask them what their issues were and what they were trying to accomplish and kind of help relieve um, a lot of the fears that they had trying something new to improve the quality of their life um, during whatever amount of time they had left. And would you say a lot of your patients are are baby boomers? Yes. Yes, definitely. 10,000 baby boomers per a day are becoming senior citizens exactly. for the next 19 years. It's, it's and I a think huge portion of the population. And I would say the majority of the popula- population of baby boomers are very smart, and I think they're doing their research now. A lot of them did smoke pot in the you know hippie days, and uh, now that they have all these ailments, they are using, they want to get rid of the drugs, they don't want to put the chemicals in their body, and they know that the cannabis works. Yeah. So um, I know a lot of times when the collectives open, they're scared to actually go talk to the cops in their own city, you know, and get clearance. But you actually decided that you wanted to speak to all the cops in the the city that you're going to open, right? Tell us about that. Well, we did. You know, we, um, I talked to so many different people. I went to police departments um, all over Orange County, actually, and talked to a lot of different law enforcement agencies. And this is prior to you opening just to get a feel for the environment yeah and and I approached it from a informational standpoint like I'm doing research here's my card I'm a patient I'm also a primary caregiver under the medical marijuana program I have my my state of California card from the Department of Health Services and I went in and I I just wanted to get law enforcement's take on the whole medical marijuana situation because it was still pretty much under wraps at that point Mm mm-hmm because it wasn't something that people felt comfortable talking about. And there were a lot of bans and there were a lot of moratoriums, but nobody could really explain why. It was the, well, it's a violation of federal law. Well, they weren't, the, the law enforcement have, have not yet caught up to where things stand with medical marijuana in their state or in their city or in their you know, community. They are not, they don't know the laws. So, you know, they have this federal brainwashing. And that's, you know, that's the problem. Federally, no, state, yes. And that's where the problem lies. Well, and, you know, the interesting thing to me is, is I think a lot of people think that law enforcement is the problem here. I personally don't. But isn't, so, that, who, uh, isn't that who's come, who's going down and breaking down doors and that's not the local police? The, the police take direction from their chief. Exactly. The chief takes direction from the officials in that city. So, like code enforcement, for instance. A lot of people in collectives hate code enforcement. Code enforcement is the one that comes around and gives you a ticket for running a collective or for whatever you're being ticketed for. Code enforcement's job is to enforce the code. Not to determine whether the code is reasonable or legal or fair or anything like that. They get their marching orders. They go out and they do their thing. 
how you react to those people when they approach you is really what dictates how you're treated in the process. At least that's how it's been for me. Okay, Candace, you just, you and I spoke earlier about Dana Point. And that's code enforcement. Tell, you You know, know, tell us what happened there. Because you say that, like, code enforcement isn't supposed to, you know, interpret that, you know, with their own, um, you know, position on the subject. You know, they're supposed to go out there and, you know, enforce code. The code enforcement lady in Dana Point, whose name's Angela, actually was um, talking to the... um, property owners telling them to take pictures of the people that were renting those spaces bringing in and out bags and stuff like that trying to get them involved in the prosecution of these collectives because they have a civil case and then they have a code enforcement case but um yeah the city of um, Dana Point just recently on this last Friday held a hearing for its two collectives that are there the Beach Cities Collective and um, the Holistic Health. Health yeah which were both really legitimate compassionate collectives so they were red tagged yeah it, it, it happened there was technicalities little you know little things that the collectives didn't clear with the city it was um, but how little were they they were from what i read they were stupid yeah it was stupid i mean some of the things that were the smallest were like extension cords that were you know plugged in um the code enforcement officers testified about fridges that didn't have their own um extension cords yeah right they were, that's one of the reasons why these places were rag tagged it was it, and their um, wow. it was a scam off. to get them i mean it was just you know we we got to get them so we're gonna dig real deep okay so my question is is this happening and we know it's happening in california oh, this, what about denver and colorado and the other the other states that are actually approved Phoenix, for instance, Arizona. Every city's different. Every city's different. Yeah, and no, in Colorado they have regulations and stuff, and their cities are Are getting permits. Are like working with the collectives. When you open a collective in Colorado, you have the code enforcement people. Code enforcement come out. So yeah, they know what's going on. They're okay. Cannabis code enforcement. So basically, it's it's harassment of the California collectives. That's what it comes down to. Exactly harassment. It's because out here the collectives don't want to have the. Um, the spot set up how it's finally going to be with the medicine and, and everything and all the security and then have code enforcement come you know they'll get sometimes the permits and the occupancy you know paperwork you know based on before they have everything moved in but isn't and everything there, set up and that's where the problem comes when you know isn't there a big difference between a minor and a major code uh, violation and how, why would you red tag a building for just because someone the, the plug wasn't right that could be fixed in you know, call an electrician. That's what they're asking for. Exactly. To get, be given the chance to make these modifications and be able to open up again. But like Rich said, it's, that's, a, it's, that's it's pure harassment. unadulterated harassment. It's total harassment. I mean, when you move Scare into tactics. when you move into a retail store, that has to be code enforced before you even move in. They check it all out, make sure everything works right: the water, the pipes, the electricity, plumbing, so on and so forth. So is that what happens? So when you, you got when you, you know, have a store, you know what I think is interesting I mean, is you know, that yeah. most people don't know this. If you go to a planning commission meeting, and I'm sure all cities are a little bit different, but for instance, in Costa Mesa, every every month they have a planning commission meeting. At the beginning of that planning commission meeting, they go through all a, a code enforcement update. And it's public record, all of the people who have ever been cited for code infractions. And there are businesses, there are residences that have been um, ticketed for code violations since 2000 and they're ticketed and sometimes they don't fix it they keep getting ticketed 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 how much are the tickets um they vary usually the first offense is two hundred dollars the second offense is 300 and everyone after that is 500 all right so i'm gonna open up a cannabis store collective 
okay, do I have to go to the planning commission or do I just go to the retail establishment to the people who, the real estate company, rent it out, get it all fixed up, ready to go. Now, do I have to have somebody come in there and check it before I move in and start doing business? Well, it, it depends. I'm if confused you're, If you're going to do building modifications where you're going to erect walls and do things like that. Okay, okay. Then, so okay, so I, do, so I do that. I erect the wall. I do all that. And then they have to come in and inspect it. And well, Dana Point's case put up the security doors with the buzzers. Okay. What, what, you're, what you're supposed to do do is if you are going to do structural modifications, okay. you need to take those plans to the planning division. Yeah, but and they, the planning well, okay, my question is, do they have to know what kind of you. business it is? Well, yeah. You, okay. you tell so that's them, where the harassment comes in. The, right. They yeah. know what it is. They know what it is, so they, gonna, they harass you. Right. Okay, got the or picture. Or a lot of people know they're going to be harassed, and so they don't ever go to the they planning They don't go to the planning commission. They then, oh, right, right. There you go, They Candace, don't get yeah. things, and that's another way that they can close people So in other words, get really away easy. around them, don't tell them about it, and then deal with it when you get caught. So it's and like they a, get caught, like I'll keep on doing it. Right, and I'll keep on doing it until I get a cease and desist letter, and then I'll take care of the And then you get screwed. And then you get screwed. Well, obviously, the city of Dana Point does not consider marijuana sales a Appropriate I wonder how many people as they create adverse public safety conditions, including loitering and potential gang and other criminal activity. I wonder how many people on Dana Point are smoking marijuana That's for their health issues. That's a personal opinion. Exactly. And that is a personal opinion. Exactly. Thank you, Sue. Personal opinions. I mean, loitering and Dana Point. I go to Dana Point. It's like dead. There's nobody there. There's nobody hanging out. Nothing. You know, the Costa Mesa City Ordinance um, used to say that... They they didn't want medical marijuana because it was a danger to public safety and that um, it, it had morality in there. Yeah, that, something that about the morals to, of the community. Oh, the morals, to preserve, yeah. To preserve, preserve the safety of the environment and prevent immoral activity. But that's okay to have liquor so, stores And how many DUIs are in, here Costa in Costa Mesa? But you know what the interesting thing is? Is we filed a law. I, I sued the city because they're... they're Code, their code was um, it, it just confusing. Wasn't, it, well, it wasn't it wasn't legal. Yeah, you, they you were know, one of the first cities you, to ban and, and put that in what there. they have since redone their ordinance yep. to reword it, and immoral is no longer yep. in it, which was part of my argument because yep. who's to say? I mean. Immoral. Yep. Ask. That's a very, very uh, insulting, insulting for the residents. Uh, that's that a very big, yeah. So they said you were immoral. Yeah. There's a lot of interpretations to the word. Immoral. immoral. A I lot thought, of interpretations. I thought that, that was like a sex thing. Well, immoral. see, there you go. So you just said that. Well, a lot of people that it's have a, a lot sin. of sex, it's right. not immoral. You can look like a slob and you're immoral. You could eat like a slob, you're immoral. I mean, you can use the word any which way it's you want. Very, from I any wonder, how much has the city council members changed, though, in that time? I right. know that Monsoor was the... the, 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 the uh, mayor at the mayor time. Both the, times. The mayor who was there is now gone. We have a, we have a new mayor. And he mayor. was immoral. And we have, um, we actually have, we have two new council members and I, you know, I, I think that it's getting to the point now where people need to start changing things and okay. they get it. We got to take a break and we're going to continue this conversation with Sue, our special guest here with, uh, with the queen of cannabis, Patty Cakes, and of course the ever drop dead gorgeous Candace with her sexy black dress on. Woo-hoo. Ooh, baby. What are you going to do when we leave? Uh, I'm really afraid. Going oh, into the don't bathroom. answer that. <laughs> I'm, of course I'm going to answer that. I'm not like that fat buffoon next. 
Your face is red. Not Your like that. face my, is so my red. My face is not. Shut up. Why are you doing we this? We made you blush. At least I don't beat off like him next door with that fucking Sarah Palin. Oh, my God. Thank God he's not here. <laughs> okay, that was a <laughs> we'll be right back. mental picture. I didn't... They said they would. They stone you when you're trying to go home. They stone you when you're there all alone. <laughs> More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. RenegadeTalk.fm in Los Angeles. My name is Richie Kepler, along with uh, the queen of cannabis, Patty Cakes. Marla's on, uh, out on vacation, so is Marky Mark the Fat I Buffoon. thought she was covering Egypt. She's uh, Well, she was in Egypt. She came back. Okay. And Situation we, resolved. And we have Candace here and Sue. We're having a good time on Cannabis Thursday. Welcome, Renegade Nation, and we'll continue this conversation right now. I wish we were back in time, huh? Oh, me too. God, it was so much fun. I've been through a, quite a few girls since you. Like me? <laughs> I got Marla, Patty, Sue, Candace, Patty in Denver, Patty, Patty Cheeks. Oh, yeah. she changed her name. Yeah, Patty Patty Cheeks. Okay. And then we got Patty, uh, Power Mouth. Patty will be here Saturday, one of my old-time friends. She used to work at Power You're surrounded by Patties. I got Patties all over the place. That's what Marla said. Marla says, what's with all these Patties? Right. It's not like it's a real common name. Yeah, so Power Mouth Patty's going to show up. She worked at uh, Power 106 in L.A. and all over the place. So she's going to stop by on Saturday and see me and say hi to me. You had a Patty Melt? <laughs> Did you eat her? Yeah, I always eat. I like Mary Jane's too. <laughs> Mary Jane's tastes good. Mm, and Pam. Yum, I love yum. Pam. I love licking Pam. That's a lot of Valentine's Day cards you have to buy. Oh, fuck Valentine's. You don't get no Valentine's Day. I'm like, I don't, uh, you know what I do? I go up to the supermarket to watch those morons buy all the flowers so they can I get laid. I think it's sweet. I, I love flowers funny. and candy. I love flowers and candies too, but Valentine's Day and most of the other holidays are capitalist holidays. Well, of course they Wait are. Wait until the day after Valentine's Day. If you really love somebody, save all the cash, get them a nice bouquet of flowers and buy something cool. See, so we have a lot in we have a lot in common. And so you she's, I still she, want no, no. flowers no, you know and chocolates. What? You know what? If I came home on March the 3rd with a flowers and candy. Have you ever done it? Yeah. Oh, I, you, I don't do it on Valentine's Day. I okay, do it throughout you, the year. I'm going to ask Marla. I don't, you can ask Marla. ask Marla. I told Marla on the air, she's not getting no goddamn Valentine's Day card or candy or any of that bullshit. And I think that's She's wonderful. She's going to get a cock. I She'll think it's cock. wonderful that you do that all, 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 all through the dips. year. That, but not every guy does that. That's because I'm sweet. The only guys who do that want to get laid that night. That's all they want because they don't get laid for the rest of the year. How many guys ta- bring their wives or girlfriends or lovers home chocolates or flowers you know what I, you on know what I other do, days? You know what I do, Patty? I go to condemnation. Do and you I get buy them, tor- Sue? My, my boyfriend gives me flowers on not normal days. Is your boyfriend going to give you He's, flowers on Valentine's Day, Sue? No. no. And so I he hope he doesn't. Because if he paid $200 for a bouquet of flowers, I'd slap him. Oh, That's right, 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 right. That's just I'm, a waste. I might get some of the Mexican on the corner has flowers that day. <laughs> Very good. That's where you get them. Five ninety nine a bundle. Thank you, Candace. Yeah, it's, it's cheaper than Albertsons. You know what I hate about Valentine's Day is... <laughs> it's the same fucking flower. Yeah. They just stole a damn thing. Right, exactly. I love that's it. All, that's you all they do. You can't go anywhere to eat. They ruin it. You, you know, it's no, like... Well, you can't get reservations anywhere. Or it just like stops regular business. You know, it's like, oh... 
Making dinner at home together is better anyway. Yeah. Go go to Albertsons or Ralph's or any supermarket on Sunday or Monday and watch them all lined up. It is hilarious. All the cars are all standing there. Because they're all the guys, and I think you're right, that don't acknowledge their other their lover friend right. wife whatever during the year so these guys are the ones that are rushing to the store mm-hmm. to get to pay for the $30 chocolates uh, and yeah. $80 flowers I go to condom- con- condemnation to buy Marla a new toy that's what I do you're I a smart man I want a bouquet of buds <gasps> yeah there you go that's my I would, Valentine's yes. Day present oh me too if you want to have great sex dudes buy some buds for the old lady and you'll have a good time there you go there inside you go. the chocolates box just fill it all up and, and make sure you have panty o panties <laughs> One too. I mean, oh, right, right, that, right. That's going to be one happy check. Hey, let's get back to Sue. Sue has some great stories. And I met Sue at um, where an event called Feet to the Fire, which was a political forum for the um, people that were running for city council person in Costa Mesa. And Sue was on the panel. And uh, she was billed as the cannabis candidate. How knowing what you know now when you went into this running for city council and everyone knew that you had a dispensary how did that impact your campaign well you know the decision to run for any type of public office should be taken really seriously by anyone who does it because you have to be able to not have not take things personally you have to have an incredibly thick skin and you have to know that they're going to try to lift, rip your life apart. And they tried to trash you. And I, I had prepared myself for a significant amount of pain. The only thing is, is that there's nothing that anybody can say about me that's bad other than they can try to use the cannabis thing against me. And I'm the one that brought that up. So I, I essentially decided to strap myself to a, a freight train naked and prepare for whatever was going to get hurled at me. And how did the other can, uh, candidates treat you? Did they did they say, oh, that's the candidate, cannabis candidate? No. Like not take you as seriously? You know, the other, and I'm really glad you asked me this, because the other candidates were amazing as it related to me. They were very fair. They, there were, nobody was calling names or anything like that. The interesting thing was, is that it's reporters that try to get you to comment derogatory well, about about other candidates. That's and their so job. That's what sells I, newspapers I and told them, magazines and airtime. Yeah, I told them early on. I said, look, I don't throw, I, I don't sling mud. If somebody throws it at me, I always try to duck. But if I don't duck quick enough and it gets all over me, you wipe it off and you keep going. And And I stuck to that. I didn't say anything bad about anybody. It was more like, look, if you want to ask me about me, and why I'm qualified and why I would like to pe- for people to vote for me and why I think I would be qualified in doing this job, I have all the time in the world. If you want to know something about someone else, then get off your ass and call them and ask them. Don't ask me. And I stuck to that. So I didn't, I didn't you know, accuse people of things. If, if I had a difference of opinion with somebody on a question that was asked, I made my point clear that I didn't agree with a particular topic, but there there was no war waged between me and any of the other candidates before, during, or after the election. That That's wonderful, because you know how bad uh, the bigger... Um 
you know, political campaigns were going. I mean, there was mud slung everywhere. And it was ugly and dirty. But what what happened? I mean, did you win the election for city council? No, I didn't. I didn't get elected, but I didn't finish last, and I got a respectable amount of votes. But I think more than anything, what I got was the opportunity to get to know people in the community and for them to see me as a person and for them to see me as someone in the community that wants to work with the community on behalf of the entire community alongside what I do. Yeah, maybe inspired other people, you know, to maybe run for an office themselves. I mean, we need more people that are cannabis patients that are going to admit it, you know, to run so that it becomes more normalized, you know, so that respectable people, you know, well, get in those kinds of positions. Didn't the mayor at the time, Mansour, um, meet with the uh, medical marijuana activists and want to um, help with it, overturn the ban? Was that, is that correct? Our mayor? Yes. No. Our mayor at the time, no. What was his stand? Um, his stand was... He pretended to be open to it. He wanted. He would talk with you and hear your concerns, but he wasn't. He, he didn't do anything. He was and still is a politician. Yeah. What about the new mayor? And an ex-cop. The new, you know, the new mayor, um, Gary Monahan. He's actually been the mayor before, oh, and he's been on so the city. Scared. He's been on the city council. Um, Doesn't he own that big crazy bar? Years. Yes. He owns Scotch Monahans on Newport Boulevard with all right. the problems and fights and um, stuff like that. You know and they the, can't get rid of it. The interesting thing is, before I ran for city council, if I got up during a city council meeting and spoke, most of the people in the council wouldn't even look at me, much less even really hear what I was saying. And oh, through, you were the you were the druggie that came into the neighborhood and, and ruined it. And yeah, exactly. And um, through through the political process of running for city council, I've gotten to know all these people, and I've taken part in community events with a lot of these people. So you're friends with and Gary. So I'm on friendly terms with the people on the city council. I can have a conversation with them now. I, I, you know, I go to all the meetings, I go to fundraisers for Pop Warner, and I helped with Costa Mesa United Golf Tournament to raise money for youth sports, and I volunteered at the firefighter golf tournament, and through all of this stuff, in trying to help the community on things that they're interested in, I've been able to meet a lot of really influential people in the community, and they've been very fair with me, so I can have conversations with them now about things that... I could get up in the middle of the city council meeting and talk about it, nobody would even hear me. So in- I understand though you're in a uh, you're in the middle of a lawsuit with a city. Oh yeah, I do. I saw and, pending litigation against the city of Costa Mesa. So that had no impact on your running. What do you think? Um, you know, people tried to use that against me initially, and I explained to them I I'm, I didn't file a lawsuit against the city for money. I'm not suing them for money or damages or anything. What like are you that. suing them for? I'm suing them for the right to conduct an organization that is allowable under California law that's designed to help people that have a legitimate need. And, you know, their immoral ban crazy ordinance that they had before, I'm sorry, I had a problem with. I felt like my rights were being violated and the rights of others. And I have a problem with that. Now, do you have a a city business license? 
As a matter of fact, I do. Okay, and tell us about your business license because I understand you can't get one. Well, and, uh, like if I go in there now, I can't get a business license to run a collective or dispensary. If my my business license doesn't say medical marijuana on it. My business license is for a um, nonprofit mutual benefit corporation. And we have, um, you when you fill out an application for a business license, you have to describe the activities that are taking place. Saying medical marijuana is counterproductive to what you're trying to accomplish. And I was told by a number of city officials from other cities and attorneys and a multitude of people that you put yourself and you put the city in a precarious situation when you write medical marijuana on something because no cities are issuing or at that time were issuing any sort of business license for medical marijuana. Are they now? So what, um, there are cities, yes, there are cities that do. It's interesting because if you try to get a business license for anything in Santa Ana on the form, it says, are you opening a medical marijuana dispensary on it? And it has a yes or no checkbox. And what does that mean? Is that and I mean- found that very, um, I, I, I couldn't believe that they put that there. Well, Discriminatory, like- you know, why are they going to single that one type of business out? Not to get off the point, but I didn't know right. that. I really, that's, that was, that's good to know. Yeah, you're right. No, the interesting so you have thing to is, lie. Is, is, no, I didn't lie. I described, Only in Santa Ana, do you have to lie? I, I described what would be taking place in my business. And what I wrote on my business application was linguistically correct. Now, if the city didn't do their due diligence in seeing what it was I was doing before they issued a license, well, you know what I say to that? Shame on them. Shame on them. Right, exactly. And they issued me my license. I had it hanging in my wall when code enforcement came in, when everybody came in and told me I was operating without a license, and I smiled and politely pointed to my license hanging on the wall. And they said, well, you lied. And I said, I did not lie. What I wrote on my application was linguistically correct. And they said, well, our attorney doesn't think so. And I said, well, my attorney does. So it seems to me all we have here is a difference of opinion. Exactly. Two lawyers have to fight it out. So when my business license ran its cycle for a year, I was expecting that when I went to apply for my license that I would get denied. Well, I got a renewal form in the mail from the city of Costa Mesa for my business license, which I happily filled out, wrote a check for, and mailed in. They sent me my renewal. It's hanging on my wall. Now, if I was operating in a manner that didn't match with what my business license um, application said and the the license that they issued, then they shouldn't have issued me another license, which they did. And then two weeks after issuing my license, I got a ticket from code enforcement for operating a business without a current license. So you uh, tell me, does the left hand know what no, the right hand is doing? they really sound screwed they, up over there. And everyone is. I think they are. most people, because I it's think, that cannabis thing. I think it sounds like the law's on your side. It sounds like you did everything that... You, you did know. everything correct. Right. They don't exactly. know what they're doing. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. Wow. What would you, Tell me what OCDA is. The Orange County Directors Alliance. And what, is the, what do they do? What's the purpose or that the mission? Is, um, that's actually an organization that we formed. Um, it's a number of people in the cannabis industry that um, operators of collectives, growers, different types of people. And what we did is we organized an alliance. We get together. We have meetings. We talk about... Um, things in the news that could affect us. We talk about what's going on in the city. We is talk it only about, open? I mean, 
only dispensary or collective owners can be uh, come a part of your alliance? Um, not necessarily. Could I join your alliance if I wanted to? Um, well, as patty cakes? We yes, we have um, guidelines and rules as any type of organization has and people have to meet certain guidelines to be able to, to join. Do you have to pay? We also do. We pay. We pay dues. That means you're serious. And um, we use that money to give back to the community, to hold educational seminars for um, legal advice when we need it, things like that. Well, you know what, Sue, thank you so much for coming. Hopefully you'll come back again. Candace. I love you. Do you have anything to say? Because we're out of here. Just be safe out there. And normal. Thank you for having me. I guess you just showed up. Well, I've been here all along. Wow, oh. just in from Egypt. The glamour girl just showed up from <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> yes, I'm back. What was that big noise? <laughs> that, that was she oh, came via camel. Oh, do I hear, oh, oh, the fat buffoon just showed up. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I want to say hello, cannabis nation. Right <laughs> yeah, we're out of here. Goodbye. so good. They stone you just like they said they would. They stone you.